This is Kristen Smith, and you're listening to the Destination Begin podcast. Hi, hi. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about weight loss surgery. I touched on it in a previous episode that I had had weight loss surgery, but I'm going to go into some detail about it and just the process of losing a massive amount of weight. Um, I had weight loss surgery in 2011, so it's been a while. And so there are some details I don't really remember, but it's one of the most pivotal decisions that I've made in my entire life and been one of the most productive decisions that I've made, especially when it comes to weight loss. Um, So I was 400 pounds at one point and I lost about 100 pounds just by traditional diets and moving my body and whatnot. And I had hit 300 pounds and I stayed about 300 pounds for a long time, for several years. And at first, I felt skinny at that weight because anytime you lose 100 pounds off your body, that's a significant change in how you feel. And so I didn't feel fat anymore, really. And I didn't feel awkward like I had used to. I mean, 400 pounds is really awkward to move. And 300 pounds, well, awkward to move, it, it, it was such an improvement that, you know, it's all relative. And so it took a long time for me to feel uncomfortable again. And and I tried to lose more weight and I would lose – I'd get under 300 pounds and then I'd get back up over it and I kind of bounced around. And so I wanted to lose more weight, but it was hard. I had cut my food down a lot to lose that weight and I was exercising. And then, yeah, I just didn't have a huge incentive because I felt – thin. I felt good. And I'm tall and I'm pretty, pretty broad shouldered. I'm not a petite person. And so I carried 300 pounds pretty well. Nobody would have even guessed that I was 400 pounds when I was 400 pounds. And they certainly didn't guess that I was 300 pounds. I probably looked more like 275, which I guess potato, potato, but all of that to say being around 300 pounds is where I hovered for a really long time. And When I had gotten divorced in 2010, I immediately got mono and I lost like 15 pounds and that felt really good. And all of a sudden I had this idea of like, wow, I really feel better when I have some weight off. And so I really started trying to lose weight intentionally again and I started losing and I got down to about 280. And then after the divorce and I had gotten on my own and I was feeling really good. I was feeling really confident. I had a good job. I was a single mom and I was dating a really nice guy and just feeling really good about all the things. And my personality started to not be squelched by (laughs) my first husband. And the person that I was dating really, really um, just gave me a lot of joy. And just made me feel alive. And it was a really lovely, awesome kind of blossoming experience. And all of a sudden I realized like this weight is really holding me back. I didn't feel free to be fully myself. I didn't feel free to express myself or I still just felt like when people looked at me, they just saw a fat person. And I started to 
feel like I wanted to be seen as me. As I was starting to get to know who I was, I really felt buried under that weight. And it was really the first time that I felt that way. Like this urgent sense of this isn't who I am. I don't want to wear this suit of fat. I want out. And I started to work out more and that really fueled a desire to lose weight because I wanted to move even more. I wanted to run. I remember I would run from the grocery store exit to my car with the cart with my son and it was so much fun and I couldn't run very far because I was really heavy, but I just remember thinking like, man, I wish I could just run. And so I was in the habit of doing really well eating during the week and on a diet and then on the weekend I would start eating and gain the weight back or get off track. And so Sunday nights, I don't know how many years now, Sunday nights is when I have this angsty thing happen and never more so than when I was obese. Um, There's something about Sunday night getting ready to start the week feeling like a failure because of all of the celebratory eating that I used to do on weekends. Weekends used to be like my jam and I just ate and I mean, I couldn't enjoy a weekend and be on a diet. And so I remember it was a Sunday night. And I just thought, man, I I need to get this weight off. And so I just looked up weight loss surgeries. And I started reading up on the gastric bypass. And it scared me to death. Because a gastric bypass, the Rue and Y surgery, they basically remove a portion of your small intestine. And... They make a little stomach pouch out of your stomach tissue and kind of rehook it up to the shortened part of your intestine. And so the reason why they do that is two reasons. Number one, you have this tiny little stomach, so you can't really fit much food in it. And then when that food is sent on to be digested, because they've removed a portion of the small intestine, you don't absorb some of the calories in the food. And so it's powerful in that it restricts how much you can eat. And then it's powerful because it restricts how much is absorbed. And so it's a twofer. And so people tend to lose weight quickly um, after a ruin why. It's recommended for people who are massively overweight, and it's kind of the gold standard. It's kind of the main weight loss surgery. So what happens is like part of your stomach is totally bypassed, and it's just hanging out there, never to be used again. And then you have this little stomach pouch. It's made out of stretchy stomach material, and then you have this shortened. So basically they they change how your food is digested. So it scared me and I didn't want to do it. I thought that's way too invasive. And I just felt a feeling of helplessness like, well, I'll never do that. It's too much. And so I shelved the idea, went on another diet. And I don't know, a couple of months later, I remember it was February. I, again, Sunday night, full of sugar, full of junk food, upset with myself 
feeling like, okay, I can't control myself and I really wanted help. And so I Googled weight loss surgery again and I thought, you know, maybe I should get the lap band. The lap band is they go in and they put a band around your stomach and basically pinch off the top part of your stomach. So you eat a little bit and you feel full, but you're only – they're not cutting your stomach. They're not operating. They're just pinching it closed. And I thought, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And so I started researching it more and then I read up on um, the success rates. And you lose weight much slower, but it's way less invasive. So I found out that my health insurance at work covered weight loss surgery. So I made the phone calls. I found out where I had to go to get information and they had an informational seminar that you had to attend. So I went and I remember like I I booked it to go and then I chickened out and I didn't go. And then it wasn't for another month that they held it. And then I finally went because I had had another round of Sunday nights of angst of not being able to stick to a diet on the weekend. And so I went to the seminar and they actually talked about three different weight loss surgery options that they offered at that hospital. The Ruin Y gastric bypass, which I was like, nope. And then the lap band, which I'm like, yeah, me, me, me. Until... They started talking about the complications of the lap band. So you, if you eat something and don't chew it enough and you swallow it, it can get stuck in that band. And then you're in big fat trouble if you don't throw it back up. And you might have to go back in and have it removed. And then they go in and tighten or loosen the band. And it, it freaked me out, all the complications. And I was sitting there totally defeated. Like, well that isn't something I want to do either. But then they started talking about the third kind of weight loss surgery they offered. They're least popular, but it's called the vertical sleeve gastrectomy or the gastric sleeve. And what they do is they surgically remove about 80% of your stomach. They just go in and remove it. The end. They don't mess with your intestines they don't reroute your digestion. They just take out a, most of your stomach. So you have a little stomach left. And the magic of it is one side of your stomach is your normal edge of your stomach that doesn't necessarily expand. And the other side is stapled and stitched and turns into scar tissue. So your stomach doesn't regenerate itself very much. So the, the ruin why they make you a little stomach pouch And it's made out of stretchy stomach material, which stretches. So a lot of people have gastric bypass, the ruin why, and they eventually over time, if they continue to push the limits and eat and eat and overeat, can stretch that little stomach pouch out to be bigger than their original stomach ever was, which is why there are a lot of people who've had ruin why gastric bypass that have gained all of their weight back and more. And so with this vertical sleeve, that stretchy situation is not a factor because scar tissue doesn't stretch. And the other side of the stomach is your like the part of your stomach that's not stretchy. So sometimes you get a little bulb effect. Like if you think of what a thermometer looks like, how it's got a little bulb at the bottom, sometimes you can get some stretching out there, which is pretty normal. But for the most part, your stomach is not going to stretch way back out again. 
and the complication rate is very low. But it was not very popular because because they don't operate on your intestines. You don't have that absorption added benefit. So everything you eat gets absorbed like normal. And so all it does is restrict how much you can eat. So you lose weight slower and the typical patient doesn't lose as much as a Roux and Y patient. So the Roux and Y became the gold standard because you have a morbidly obese person. They lose a ton of weight really fast. Success. Boom. Um, the sleeve gastrectomy, morbidly obese, they lose weight at a slower rate and often do not get to their weight loss goal because it's so slow and they stall out. But I didn't care about all that. It sounded amazing to me. And I'm like, this is it. And I was so excited. And so I found out that Dr. Schwartz at um, St. Joseph's did this procedure and I signed up. And then I found out that our insurance at my work required um, four months of all kinds of different boxes to check. I had to have a psychiatric evaluation. I had to go to four different classes at the hospital about the procedure. I had to do an online and telephone nutritional dietitian counseling program through the insurance company. Um, and then I had to pass a physical and then I had to prove that my BMI was high enough for this surgery. So your BMI had to be a 45 to get approval. And if it was under 45, you had to have a comorbidity. A comorbidity is a health condition that's complicated by being obese and is resolved by losing weight. And so my BMI was under 45 because I had lost some weight, but I have asthma and asthma is a comorbidity. So I did all of those things on the list. I had my psychiatric evaluations. I went to the dietitian and the nutritional counseling, and um, and I was approved. And it was one of the greatest days ever. It was June of 2011 that I got the approval and a surgery date scheduled for July 18th of 2011. And I was really excited. And I had told my family that I was doing this. And... My mom was very not supportive, just very much like what? I mean, she was worried. She's my mom. It's a pretty extreme procedure. So her response was, why are you doing that? That's ridiculous. You're crazy. That's extreme. And my sister was pretty supportive and I needed someone to sign up to be my support person. So you ha- you're required to have someone be your support person that comes to a seminar before surgery to learn what's going to happen and what's going to change in my life. And that person has to agree to supervise and kind of take care of you right after. Because it's pretty important that you don't go home and do something stupid and try to eat something and break open your freshly cut up stomach. So they take it very seriously. And my sister agreed to be my support person. So she was pretty supportive. And, you know, my sister was always thin. My sister started struggling with weight a little bit, but like she never got to be obese like me. So my sister always looked good and way better than me. And my sister 
it was she was beautiful and thin and I was smart and fat. And that was kind of like our identities. And so she was very much supportive of me getting this taken care of so that I would finally be a healthier weight. So she's very supportive. Although I have to tattle a little bit. So about two weeks before everything kicked off, she had to come with me to a seminar and an informational night to learn about what was going to happen for my surgery. And she came along and it was really great and she was awesome. She asked really great questions and we got done. And she said, I'm starving. Let's go to Mickey's and get pancakes. So we walked across the street from the hospital to Mickey's diner and we ate pancakes and omelets, like post weight loss surgery seminar. (laughs) And that still cracks me up. But um, I had a choice. I chose to eat pancakes. She didn't make me. So leading up to the surgery, I had to follow a liquid diet for, it was three weeks three or four, I can't remember, three or four full weeks prior to surgery, I had to go on a completely liquid diet. And the reason for that is twofold. One is to lose as much weight as possible before surgery because when you lose weight quickly, you lose at first, you lose the bad fat, like the visceral fat around your organs. And so that's good to get rid of that um, and the number one thing is you lose fat around your liver, which a lot of people don't know this, but when you go on a crash diet, you lose fat first around your liver. And when they do a laparoscopic procedure, like the vertical sleeve, they have to move your liver out of the way. And so to get the fat off the liver is awesome. So that's the first reason. And then the second reason is because post-surgery, you're on a liquid diet. And if you can't comply to a liquid diet before surgery, you're going to have a real hard time after. And so it's kind of a testing ground to say, all right, put your money where your quote unquote mouth is. You're having this surgery. Are you going to take it seriously? Because it's a big deal. If you left the hospital and like try to eat a burger, I don't know what would happen. You might die. I don't know. (laughs) It would be bad. So anyway, so I remember we had 4th of July barbecue at my parents' house. And then the next day I was supposed to start my liquid diet. So it must have been two weeks of liquid diet. And so my mom and I went to Walmart and I bought cans of like chicken broth and creamy chicken soup and protein shakes. And I'll never forget, like she was so incredibly not into this and just, she wasn't unsupportive, but just, she wasn't all over it either. Nobody was super stoked about it. I was stoked. I was so sure that I was doing the right thing. So it's not that they were unsupportive. They were just very – I think my mom was just very worried, which, okay, it's fair. It's fine. But it was kind of like the the precursor or like the little foreshadowing of kind of how things were going to go in hindsight. But so I did this liquid diet for two weeks and I did lose, um, I don't know, 10 pounds or something. And then I went and I had the surgery. And the surgery was laparoscopic. And prior to surgery, they always warn you that they may have to open you all the way up. If something goes wrong, they will open you all the way up. And so I was really scared about that. But um, And then they also take a look at your gallbladder and say, if you have any issues with your gallbladder, 
prior to surgery, then we're going to take it out during surgery. Because when you lose weight quickly, um, because the gallbladder processes fat, all of a sudden, um, or I don't even actually know if that's true, whatever. The bottom line is, is people lose weight fast. They tend to get gallstones and then they have to get rid of their gallbladder later. So they say, we're just going to like go for taking this thing out if you've ever had any problems. So sure enough, they did a scope of my gallbladder and it was, um, had stones, which I never had any symptoms of those stones, but whatever. So the plan was to take out the gallbladder at the same time. Well, what happened is the gallbladder was full of stones and it's ridiculous. They were like, how were you living with this, that you were in so much pain? I'm like, I never had any symptoms at all. But because it was so terrible, they almost had to open me all the way up. And I found that out and I was freaking out because that was terrifying. They did have to end up making um, two incisions pretty large to get it out, but whatever. So that just impeded my healing a little bit. But I had this surgery on a Monday and I went home on Wednesday morning. And on Friday, I took a 10-mile bike ride. I mean, the recovery was so fast. I felt fine. Um, the hardest part was you could only swallow half an ounce at a time of fluid. And so you had to pour your water and your protein shakes and stuff in these little half – or they were one-ounce shot shot cups and you filled them halfway and you took water like a shot. And so you think about having to get – I needed to get at least 64 ounces of water in a day via half-ounce shots of water at a time. And same with protein shakes. I needed to get nutrition via protein shakes, liquid, half an ounce shots at a time. And so my day was consumed with taking a sip and then it hurt. So you take a sip of water, swallow it, and then it hurt because it would go in your freshly cut up stomach. So that was not fun, but that only lasted a few days the pain. And then it was just a matter of time management, honestly, to get, I just constantly sipped water or protein shakes or soup or what other, whatever other liquids there I had to get. And so I had two weeks of just liquids after surgery. So by that time I had been on only liquids for a month, which got really old. But, oh, I forgot to say, there's a really funny story. So backing up, prior to surgery, I had been on this liquid diet and it was fine. I was really determined to have this surgery and to be like the best patient because I took it really seriously. This was going to be the tool that got me to lose the rest of the weight and I was willing and able to do anything that it took and I was not going to screw this up. But I was coming home from work and I was hungry and I was dying at the idea of having to go home and have soup. And I pulled off the freeway at my exit and the thought occurred to me, you know, no one will ever know if you have one more meal and you should just go to McDonald's and just have a value meal one last. This is the last time you're going to get to have a value meal. You should totally do it. No one will ever know. And you'll just go back to liquids tomorrow. It'll be fine. And so it was literally turn left to go home like a good girl or turn right and go to McDonald's. So I turned right. 
And then I turned left to go to the McDonald's. And the McDonald's was gone. The McDonald's that had been there a billion years was gone. It was gone. There was nothing there. They had torn down the McDonald's to rebuild it that week. And it was an empty parking lot. And I pulled in there and was like, oh my God, it's, that's, could there be a bigger sign to go home and eat my tomato soup? And that's what I did. It's like, I I hear you universe. I'm not, I clearly am not having a value meal because you removed McDonald's from my town. So it was really funny. Anyway, so after surgery, two weeks of liquids, and then I could go to Smushies, which basically was like applesauce, pudding. Um, I could take really, really soft like pate, which I didn't choose to eat, but smushy things. And um, I did not care to eat smushy things. And so I actually just stayed on liquids for another two weeks. Um, But all during this process, I started losing weight and I would lose almost a pound a day some days. Every day I'd get up, I'd get on the scale. It was down. It was the coolest thing ever. And my energy was pretty good. I mean, your body switches to burning your fat stores pretty quickly and I felt pretty good. And I was working full time and I was exercising every day. I was working out with my personal trainer and I still had energy to do that. As long as I stayed hydrated, I felt really good. And I would go and buy new clothes, and before I had a chance to wear them the second time, they'd be too big. It was just so much fun to watch the scale go down and to lose the weight so quickly. It was just so much fun. And so I had the surgery in July, and by the end of the year, my goal was to be under 200 pounds, which would have been about an 80-pound weight loss in five months. And I, I almost got there. I remember it was like a half a pound that just hung on and just wouldn't move. But I will never forget when I saw a one as the first number in my weight. Wonderland, they call it. I will never forget that moment. It was in January of 2012. And I looked down and I saw 199.4. And I, I will never forget it. It was it was a moment that I never thought that I would experience in my adult life. I was 200 pounds when I was, I think, 10. I mean, I hadn't been under – I was under 200 pounds for like a month when I was 14 because I had been really sick. But I hadn't seen that number in two decades, and it was exhilarating. There's no other word for it and I can't describe it. And if anybody listening has had massive weight loss or weight loss surgery, you know what that moment is when you get into wonderland. And all over the forums and online groups that I spend time in and I spent a lot of time in back then talking about this process, wonderland is like the mecca, the thing that you fight for. When you're 400 pounds and the first number you see is a four and then it's a one, like most most people that are healthy weight are a hundred and some pounds. And so it just goes from being this idea that you'll never get there to a reality. And it's beyond exciting. It's It was one of the greatest moments of my life. It trumps so many things. So I'll never forget that. And it just felt good. And I felt like, you know what? 
if I stay this weight for the rest of my life, I'll be happy. And um, I almost did stay that weight the rest of my life. I, I kind of stalled out there. That was when I started to, and this is one of the reasons why I preach don't weigh yourself. Um, I started to feel so good about my achievement and feeling like I have arrived that I started experimenting with a bite of candy or a few chips, foods that I was not supposed to ever eat again after you have these surgeries. You're never supposed to eat what's called slider foods. So foods that when you eat them, mush up into nothing and you can eat a lot of calories without taking up a lot of space. Because I was eating about a quarter cup of food at a meal by the time I went back to food. So that's a couple bites of chicken and a couple bites of vegetables. Done. But I could eat a giant handful of chips or a giant handful of popcorn. And it didn't matter at that point because the calorie content was so low of what I could get in. But it's like opening that door again to those old habits, those old giving into cravings, and all that stuff had been shut down. Like that door was locked. That was the reason to get this surgery to say, I may want chips, but I can't have them. So I have to find a different way to cope with that feeling. And by just opening that door again, now all of those voices and all of those temptations and cravings came rushing back. So one of the biggest struggles after weight loss surgery for not just me, but for other patients that I've talked to is all of a sudden your best friend is gone. When you've comforted yourself with food your whole life and now you can't, it's it's jarring. And I remember the first time that something really emotional happened and I was driving home and I was beside myself with my feelings and I saw the row of fast food restaurants that I had pulled into many times. And the thought occurred to me, I can't even eat. It was this horror of, I feel this way and I can't even eat. I didn't know how to comfort myself. I didn't know how to self-soothe without food. And I burst into tears and I was driving home just in a panic. Like, what have I done? I can't cope and I don't have any skills to cope with. And it was such a dark moment. And I I just had to sit with it. And that moment sent me right to a therapist. Um, I started talking to a therapist every single week about what was going on. And I luckily, I found an amazing therapist. Um, he was somebody who had dealt with people who had lost significant amounts of weight, who were weight loss surgery patients. And he knew exactly how to handle me and how to teach me. And it was, he was terrific. And I could just go and cry and say, I don't know how to process my feelings. I don't know how to make myself feel better. And he would help me come up with ways to do so. He would help me come up with solutions. He would help me just make lists of what's something you can do instead of eat. What's something that you can do when you're happy instead of eat? Because it wasn't just being sad. It was when I was happy or celebrating something, or I wanted to see a friend 
what do you do when you want to meet up with a friend and you can't meet for dinner or happy hour? I didn't know how to do that. And so he helped me come up with ideas like meet your friend for a walk, meet your friend for a cup of coffee, meet your friend and just sit and chat. You don't have to eat to connect with someone. Um, He helped me cope with sitting at a table where everyone was eating for an hour and a half or an hour. And you know, I was done eating in two minutes because I could eat like five bites of food. So mealtime bored me to death. I didn't want to participate. And then there was a long period of time where eating at all left me with an uncomfortably full feeling. And so I didn't want to eat at all. I hated eating. I started to kind of turn on the idea of food, except for when I started eating these slider foods again. They didn't hurt. They made me feel good. And I was back to my old habits. And so this is a very common occurrence with people that have had weight loss surgery because what we like to say in support group is we had surgery on our stomach, but we really also needed surgery on our brains because the habits, the cravings, the instincts stay in your brain. And a habit is basically a groove. You know, your mind, your brain, your body, everything is so efficient and when you do something over and over again, you get really, really good at it and it becomes second nature. Just like when you come inside your house and you drop your keys in a bowl for the first time, if you do it a few times in a row, you don't have to think about it. You have to think about where they are. You don't have to think about dropping them there. And that's what happens with our eating habits. It just becomes what we do. And so breaking that requires effort. And because there's an emotional component to that habit, we don't want to. And so you have a choice to make. And when it comes to food and the emotions involved with it, it's really hard. It's not just about putting your keys in a different place. That's not an emotional decision. But grabbing the delicious, hyper-palatable Lay's sour cream and onion when you feel crappy, that there's why would you not do that? It's so fun and it works and it's awesome. So I started falling back into those habits. And so my weight loss stopped. And when you have massive weight loss so quickly, your metabolism is jacked. And so the idea, I mean, I was eating four to 500 calories a day. And then I started eating closer to a thousand and I stopped losing weight and even started gaining weight. And Now, if I ate a thousand calories a day, I would lose weight super fast and I would feel like garbage. But at that point in time, it's weight loss surgery is extreme. It's a huge stress. It's a huge, crazy thing to do that to your body. It's not a small decision. It's not a small procedure. It's not a small change. It's, it's huge. And it, I mean, it affects your hormones. My hair fell out. Um, my skin looked like crap. Um, a lot of people, their skin color changes and they look really sick. Um, it's a huge hit to your hormones, to your metabolism, to your overall health. So it's not something to be taken lightly, which is, you know, why my mom was worried. And, um, the thing about the sleeve is, 
because you don't have your intestines messed with, at least you're not having the malnutrition that can come. So if you have a Roux and Y and they do remove portion of your small intestine, you have to get B12 shots and you have to be vigilant about taking a lot of vitamin supplements um, because you're not getting that stuff from food. It's impossible. And then um, when you have a Roux and Y, you also can have a side effect called dumping. And what happens is when you eat sugar, because that portion of your small intestine is gone, um, sugar hits your large intestine much quicker. And before it has a chance to be neutralized and before insulin can fully affect the the impact of the sugar on your system. And I know I'm saying that all wrong, but the bottom line is if you eat sugar after Roux and Y, you get so sick and you have to sleep. Like you have to you have to sleep off the the effects of having that sugar hit your blood before it's like neutralized with insulin or whatever you want to say. And so that's a great deterrent for Roux and Y patients, but on the sleeve, that doesn't happen, except it happens to me. So I got really lucky. And for some reason, sugar, I quote unquote dump when I have too much sugar. I know how to work around it. So I can have like a donut or I can have sugary things. And as long as I don't drink for a couple of hours, I'm fine. But if I drink water and rush that through, Oh yeah, it's nap time. Good night. <laughs> and, it, and if I can't take a nap when that happens, if I'm like at a function or at work, there is n- I can't describe to you how horrible it is to stay awake and to function through that. It is the worst feeling in the entire world. It's the worst. And so it's a great deterrent, that's for sure. But so you add that in and then um, – because I had the sleeve, I didn't have the, the malnutrition, but because I wasn't eating enough calories, you can't get all your vitamins on 500 calories. Um, I became deficient in vitamin D and calcium and, um, my hemoglobin, my iron levels were always low. So I just felt like garbage. And then here I was getting my calories from junk food again. And so I felt like crap. And that's kind of how I operated for about six months until I was like, you know what? I did not have this surgery to stall out. I'm not happy at about 190 pounds. I know that I could lose more weight and feel better. And so that's when I adopted the paleo diet. And that was perfect for me post weight loss surgery because the paleo diet focuses on protein and fat, nuts and seeds, um, low glycemic fruits, um, no starches, no grains, no sugar, no white flour. So all the things that I wasn't supposed to be eating anyway, and of course not Lay's potato chips. And so I, I went paleo and then I started running and I was able to get my weight down to more like 180. And that's where I stayed for a really long time. And um, that's when I really started to settle in to my new body. And that's when the interesting factors of weight loss surgery kind of hit. So your body stops melting. And now all of a sudden I'm looking in the mirror and I'm seeing all of this loose skin, my arms, 
my breasts, my belly, my thighs. It's just, it was really hard. And I spent a lot of time with my therapist on this topic in general, because it's like, you look good in clothes because you've lost all of this weight, but looking in the mirror naked, you're like, I still look like I don't, I still look terrible because now I'm just, I have skin hanging everywhere. And, you know, I was 34 and looked like a senior citizen and it was so hard and it would tank me to be like, I've done all this work. I'm working out. I'm eating clean again. I've lost all this weight and it, I still don't like what I see. And my, my arms in a sleeveless shirt, it was exciting to wear a sleeveless shirt, but the armpit skin was so bad. I didn't want to wear a sleeveless shirt. And, um, all I need to do is to develop a sense of humor around it because some of it was really funny. Like I called the skin in my arms, my armpit vagina, because that's what they look like. And (laughs) I just loved the shock value. I like had a, how old was Steven? A 14 year old son. And I just throw it out in conversation. Like, oh my gosh, my armpit vagina is so gross. And he would just die. (laughs) Um, but I'll never forget. I would say that. And then one time my sister looked over at me and she just went, oh my God, it does look like a vagina. (laughs) I'm like, uh, I've been trying to tell you. So you kind of have to have a sense of humor about it. And then you know, I was very large breasted when I was at my heaviest. I mean, I, I was fat everywhere. And so I had, I don't know, G or H cups. And so after losing all of that weight, my breasts were empty. And so I would describe those as like having tube socks with golf balls in the bottom. And I could literally tuck my boobs into my pants. They were just empty. And so it was funny and you have to laugh or you cry But at 34 years old, looking in the mirror and just looking, I felt like I looked like a melted person um, with breasts that I could tuck into my pants and with thigh skin that moved when I walked and armpit skin that I could hear hitting me when I ran. It was really hard. And I had to learn to look in the mirror and say, you know what? My scars tell my story. And my story is power and I am beautiful and I love myself. And I had to say that to myself every day for years. And as soon as I would say that, I would believe it and I would go out and do my thing. But I had to say it. I had to, I had it written on a little piece of paper that was in my bathroom for years. And that mantra reshaped my, my view of myself. And I recently got all this skin taken off, which I'll talk about another time, but I had to really love myself with all of that skin and looking exactly the way I did before I could ever think about having it taken off. I had to learn to love it as it was before I knew that taking it off would have the effect that it needed to, to have, which was simply to get it out of my way. And so losing all of that weight, it really set me free to just be me. And once I got down, 
you know, to where I could run, I started running and I started doing 5Ks and 10Ks. And I did my first marathon in 2013. Uh, I was about 180 pounds and um, felt really good. And uh, I got to run a marathon. It was awesome. And so, yeah, weight loss surgery. It was a really positive experience for me. But the thing about it is I've had to work at keeping my weight down ever since. It was not a magic bullet. I certainly don't get to eat whatever I want. Uh, My stomach has regenerated itself to a degree. I can't eat as much as most people, but I can eat as much as a lot of people. Um, I can eat a full burger with a bun. That's about the most food I can eat at one time if you think about what that looks like. Um, But depending on what it is, I can eat a lot, especially if I eat slowly and for a long period of time, I can fit a lot. I didn't ever really have, um, a lot of people have involuntary like regurgitation or whatever. I never had an issue with that. I got really lucky there. And, um, after a while, and once I got my nutrition back where it should be, I'm not deficient in any, anything. I go every year and I get full, labs done, all of my blood work done, and I'm perfectly um, healthy and I don't have any deficiencies in any vitamins or nutrients. My hemoglobin is normal for the first time. That took a long time to get back um, to normal. Vitamin D took a long time to get back to normal, but that's Minnesotans. Most Minnesotans are a little low on vitamin D in the wintertime, but I got really lucky that I addressed this before I got to be too much older, before I had joint issues, before I had, I just got really lucky that I didn't have a lot of health problems. My asthma is actually not any better now that I've lost weight. Um, It was never terrible. I would say actually my asthma is worse because I'm more active and it tends to be more exercise induced, but I got really lucky. I didn't have high blood pressure. I never had diabetes. Um, And so I, I, I feel like I'm incredibly healthy and I'm so glad that I addressed it when I did and just said, you know what? I don't want to be, I don't want to fight this. I want to get free of this. And so that was my weight loss journey. And, um, I'm so glad I did it. It was a really positive experience and, um, I will work for the rest of my life to continue to feel like I am worthy of the gift of weight loss surgery that I got. My surgeon did that surgery and I feel like he gave me a gift and it is my job to redeem it every single day. And when things fall apart and I start going the other way, I got to get this ship turned right back around because I was given an opportunity to be healthy and I I won't waste it. I won't throw it away and um, I won't ever quit on being the healthiest version of me that I can be. So If you're considering weight loss surgery, I would say, if not now, when? One thing that I, I I was scared and there were many days where I was like, you know, I'll just go on a diet. Like the surgery is so extreme. I'm just going to go on another diet. And the resounding response in my brain was, well, why are you going to stick to a diet this time? Um, You have never done it. Um, I really needed help. I really needed a lock on the door. So I was forced to stick to a diet for a long time. So I was forced to get help to learn how to cope with my feelings and stop eating them. And that is the power of this tool. And it's a tool for a period of time. 
use that time to get help and to correct those behaviors and to correct those habits and to learn new ways to cope with life. Because no matter which weight loss surgery option that you choose, the massive effect of it is a period of time. And then it isn't as powerful. Ruin why you can restretch out your stomach pouch. You can start to reabsorb fat and calories from food again, which is really sad with that surgery. You can start to absorb fat and calories like you did before your body relearns, but it never relearns how to absorb vitamins and nutrients from food. So um, a lot of people who've had gastric bypass, they have a revision. Um, But for the most part, people with gastric bypass have to stay on supplements, heavy supplements forever. So if you're considering weight loss surgery, I would say get a gastric sleeve because um, you don't want to muck up your intestines. And it was really positive for me. And even if you don't lose weight as quickly, um, who cares? You want to lose the weight forever and you want to be healthy as a result. So um, the sleeve has gotten more popular. I don't know what the stats are as far as which surgery. Um, I think the Ruin Y is still the most popular. Insurance companies are not covering weight loss surgery as easily as they used to. It's actually a lot harder to get um, insurance to cover it. So on the forums and in the groups that I talk to, a lot of people go to Mexico to have weight loss surgery and pay cash because it's affordable there. And there are some really reputable surgeons there who do really, really, really good work. And so that's an option. I would never say yes or no to that, but that's something that people do if their insurance don't co- doesn't cover it. Um, I was really fortunate that my insurance covered it then. Now, if I wanted it, the insurance I have now does not cover it, which is pretty common. So if you have any questions about this that I haven't answered, please like reach out to me. I love talking about weight loss surgery because it was just such a positive experience for me. And I feel like it's a life-changing, awesome solution for a lot of people. And um, I just, I really believe in it. Really, really, really believe in it. It really works if you work too. If you're determined to work, it's just an incredibly powerful companion for that journey. So if you have questions, reach out to me. for joining me today. If you heard something that motivated, inspired, or educated you, please let me know. And if you thought of someone else while you were listening that may benefit from hearing this, please share this podcast with them directly or post it on your social media. I really appreciate when I see that someone has shared this, it just lights me up. It's the greatest currency that we could exchange. I'll talk to you. You share it with people. It works really well. Thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a really great week. If you want to interact, you can find me on Instagram, destination underscore begin, or email me, Kristen, at destinationbegin.com. 